Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Elixir podcast, where we cover the news of the community and learn from each other. My name is Mark Erickson. I'm Cade Ward. And I'm David Bernheisel. Let's jump into the news. First up, Chris McCord highlighted that it's been 10 years since the first commit and the start of the Phoenix Project. And he shared on Twitter the list of major features that have been shipped in that time includes things like channels, which is you know real-time communications that scales to millions of users, PubSub and distributed PubSub, presence using CRDTs that works as you're dealing with multiple nodes and, and getting down to that answer of who's online right now, then live view and heeks, the live dashboard with the built-in metrics, live uploads, and most recently flame which is the ability to have you know, functions like a Lambda type service on multiple nodes. Chris continued saying, it is wild that we have features in the framework and community that are entire products and other ecosystems. We get all this stuff with no extra depths or infrastructure. Want multi-node pub sub somewhere else? Time to bolt on several libs and external depths and likely pay some external SaaS. Then using presence and rich uploads remains a paid feature in other ecosystems while collaborative notebooks like, you know, Livebook, equivalent in other communities are funded startups that are still chasing half of the features, like, you know, your community, you know, multi-user environment with Livebook that we already have today. So we get so much for free from the Beam ecosystem, from OTP, and from what's built into Elixir. Now with ML starting to shape up, and now with types coming, super exciting time. Yeah, next up, Gleam 0.34 released, bringing something they're calling multi-target projects. So if you're not familiar, Gleam is the type-safe, scalable language for the Erlang virtual machine and JavaScript runtimes. And since Gleam can compile to either Erlang or JavaScript, some packages might only support one of the two targets and possibly because they make use of Erlang features, for example, that aren't available in JavaScript or vice versa. So until now, if you added one of these packages as a dependency, you kind of locked yourself in and meant you couldn't compile to the other target, even if you only use parts of the dependency that are cross-target compatible. So to solve this, the Gleam compiler now tracks target support at the level of individual expressions. So if you only use code that supports the target you are using, then your project will compile successfully. And there's some other features in this release, which you can check out in the blog post on the Gleam website, which we'll share in the show notes. Yeah, and speaking of Gleam, there's a new interactive language tour for it. There's a new playground. Because Gleam can target JavaScript, it can do that pretty easily. It can be an interactive session in your browser for playing around and learning Gleam as a language. So very nice, very nice like new developer introduction, being able to like not install diddly squat on your computer. <laughs> no ASDFing, you know, this. Just your browser. That's a good experience. So congrats, Gleam. I think that's going to be a good reduction of new developer barriers. And next up, NextLS version 0.16.0 was released. So if you recall, NextLS is one of the three different language servers that are available for the Elixir community. In this one, the new features are open telemetry and logging, along with some bug fixes and some other dependency updates. NextLS is described as the language server for Elixir that just works, still in heavy development, but early adopters are welcome. Yeah, I'm one of those early adopters, and I gave 16 a shot. 
earlier, it did not just work. <laughs> <laughs> but now with 0.16, it just works now. So like, I don't, I don't know what about open telemetry and logging and whatever was in 16, but like whatever they did, it seems to work for me now. It was working before too, but there was be some features that like didn't work like the hover for showing documentation that didn't, that just didn't work for me for whatever reason. Now it does. I, I don't know what, what I did. Next LS is nice. It's fast. It's actively developed. Mitch is a really smart guy. He's doing a lot of like other libraries to like support this. Like he's working on a new Lexer for Elixir called Spitfire. So that's pretty interesting. And with any open source project, he also had to spend a lot of time making the website for his new project, right? So <laughs> so he released something called Tableau for that. Anyway, there's a, an incredible amount of work and effort going in around NextLS, along with all the other language servers, but NextLS is also blazing trails here. So advise anyone to give it a shot. Yeah, I guess it's raining language server versions because Elixir LS released 0.19. On the highlights, it says, on type parsing and diagnostics for Phoenix Heeks files. That sounds nice. Heeks files, they're a thing. And it also says workspace symbols provider has been re-implemented. Previously, the workspace symbols index was built from all available symbols to make it more focused and more helpful. Now only symbols from the project are considered. This change made it much quicker and improved the quality of returned results. Fuzzy matching engine was also improved to make consistent with how autocomplete provider works. So... In case you missed 0.18, there was added support for Elixir 1.16. There was some Phoenix integration improvements. The go-to definition can now navigate to the controller inside of a Phoenix scope. Yeah, that's always a problem, right? Is you're like putting a part of the module name. That's like a code challenge for like every language server in Elixir, <laughs> right? It's like, but can you take it off of the scope? And variables defined in the X unit test setup and setup all contexts are now returned by completions provider. So yeah, language servers. Pretty wild. Like, I don't remember how long, but I'll just say a year. I might be off though. But just a year ago, we couldn't say we had three Elixir LSPs. It was just one. <laughs> so that's pretty, pretty wild. So happy days. Fly.io. It's a great place to run Elixir apps. With many global regions, a private network that makes it easy to cluster your app, and a powerful CLI, it's something you should really try out. Experience it for yourself at fly.io. Oh gosh, this is a big one. Erlang is adopting xdocs. This is crazy, right? All right, so I've had to go to the Erlang docs a couple times, and it's, it's obviously a different style, different organization, lots of documentation in there, right? Lots of guides. There was some work a couple of Elixir versions ago to improve Elixir documentation, but they had to like kind of make the proposals upstream to get the support they needed in Elixir. But that didn't mean that Erlang itself was going to take advantage of those proposals. Well, that seems to be changing now. Now Erlang is updating itself to use those new EEP59 style documentation, which means that Erlang can now partake in the sweet buttery goodness of xdoc so we've got some links the first link is to the github pr totally unrelated but the pr is like massive <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is a life goal of mine now to have a pr that adds 325,000 lines and deletes 486,000 lines gotta have that on my name one day 
that's besides the point. Over 3,200 files were changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just amazing. You save that for when you work at a company that uses these as like performance metrics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just got a bonus. <laughs> Hopefully I'll never work there <laughs> at a place like that. Good Lord. All right. So that's the first link, just so you can just sit there and wander in awe of all that goes into this work. And for what it's worth, I imagine a lot of this is autogen kind of code. But all right. The second link is seeing a preview of it, right? This is still in development. We've got a link to the PR. The PR is as of this moment, not merged. They have a build, a sample build of it. So we, we have a link to that. And that is the result of sending the OTP docs through xdoc. That's crazy. So it's a huge PR. It's using a tool to automatically convert all the documentation from XML to Markdown, trying to keep it as close as possible. So that's a big Herculean effort. There's bound to be a lot of mistakes in the final docs as it's, you know, it's an automated conversion. It can't be perfect, but it's a step into what they think is an easier way to maintain and evolve the way of writing documentation. I agree. I'm very excited about it. I wish I could just show you a screenshot right now through this very podcast, but you're just going to have to find the link and go click you some sweet buttery goodness there because it's it's pretty great. As I was going through it, obviously there's still some things to work out. For example, OTB consists of many apps, right? Like crypto and WX. And so the OTP documentation on XDoc is kind of acting like more like an umbrella so there's the main like homepage kind of docs, right? And then they list out all the applications that are supported like crypto. You click on that app and it kind of jumps you over to what would normally be treated like a different library, right? So like on Hex, you jump over to Phoenix to Phoenix Live View. It'd be like two differently published things. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's all in one spot. It's still going to jump you in between these quote unquote libraries, I don't know if that's going to be improved or that's just the way that's going to be. Also, it's probably because it's not published. This is all preview. But when I search hex docs for like WX or crypto or something, it doesn't show up. And that's probably because it's not published yet. Or maybe it's just not indexed by hex. I'm sure that'll be a temporary thing. But anyway, there's a lot of effort in here, not just on the Erlang side, but also on the xdoc side. There's been several PRs into xdoc to help facilitate this process for Erlang to port its docs over. So we're all getting to win here, which is fantastic. But I imagine, totally guessing here, I imagine that because OTP is more like this umbrella app of a lot of different applications, that there are some features that will get out of this in XDoc to support other kinds of ecosystems, right? Like Ash or like Phoenix, right? They are kind of a suite of libraries, right? that are designed to work together. So just like OTP. So I don't know if we're, we're get it like right away, but I think they're paving the way to making that kind of browsing in Xdocs easier and more cohesive. We'll see. Anyway, very excited about that one. Go check out those links. If you do anything else, look at anything else, you got to look at these docs. They're great. A couple of points I wanted to make also is, you know what the docs that are at the top on the left side, they'll have the library version for what it is. Yeah. This one, it shows OTP 27 RC zero. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it will come out and be official by the time. Cause like, as you say, it's not merged yet, but just kind of give you an idea. Like this could be with the new OTP 27. Mm-hmm. Also just another little usability thing. that's just going to take time to work through all of this. Like as you click into one of those sub apps, like I was looking at WX widgets, which is like the UI that is used to build like observer and some of those other like debug UIs that are cross-platform. When you click into that, it drops you right into the API reference of functions. So then you have to kind of go over to the, the sidebar and 
find the intro doc that you probably wanted to be looking at. So it's just little things like that where you can set that for each project can be, you know, set up to say, here's the page where you're supposed to start or, you know, something like that. And that hasn't all been done for all the different apps that are in there. So yeah, it's really exciting. Some of the benefits you're going to get is just consistency of style, better code snippets, you know, highlighting for the code, the features where you can like hit G and search to another module. Like as you're saying, it's not integrated fully with hex PM as it's not published there. So you can't jump to other things within it right now, but that's exciting. It's really interesting to see like, wow, will we be able to do that? Like when I'm in Elixir docs and then I want to jump over to an Erlang module and look up that function, maybe even cross-linking docs, you know, that would be interesting too be able to link over. It's just refreshing. I feel like my eyes would bleed a little bit every time I had to look at the, they're just like the Erlang docs are like so old and like, it's just kind of hard to parse them. And now it just feels familiar. It was, I didn't think they were that terrible. And they're not the worst, but like it, there's, there's just a nice like refresh, you know, there's something nice about it. Yeah. Well, and then you get other things, you get other benefits that are just already being worked on in Xdocs, like efforts to make it more accessible or having the light or dark color theming, things like that. You know, it's just, they're just saying in a way, hey, we can modernize all this and we don't have to work on maintaining all of those other benefits. That's true. There's some like graph images that are in there that they're still images. If you go to dark theme, they're still like going to blind you with some white images. But <laughs> I imagine some of these things can transition over over time to like a mermaid JS kind of graph, which would be nifty. I don't know if they're planning on doing that, but... Well, anyway, well, big shout out to Voitech Mock for sending me the PR and, and the link. So awesome reference. Thank Voitech. And last up, ElixirConf EU videos continue to slowly be released. They're kind of like a drip campaign releasing out. If you don't recall, the ElixirConf EU took place back in April 2023. So it's like eight months ago or so. We've got a link to the YouTube playlist of talks. But there are some great looking talks in there ranging all the way from beginner to advanced and some of the ones were just kind of see them as they slowly trickle out. It's like, wow, that's a good one. I totally missed it first time around. I'd love to see some of these talks now. Now it's convenient and I, I can check it out just at my leisure. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us next time on Thinking Elixir.